I'm Sarah Resnick. And I'm LaShawn Moore. And we are the hosts of the Weave Podcast, a project of the weaving yarn shop, Just Yarn and Fiber. Hello. Hi, everyone. I hope all is well. On this week's episode, I'm speaking with Cynthia Alberto, founder and director of The Weaving Hand, a weaving and healing arts center in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Cynthia has graced this podcast once before in episode 17, and I wanted to invite her back to talk about how she cultivates a healing environment using weaving, especially in a time when I think we could all use some healing inspiration. Hey, Cynthia, I'm excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for joining us. Hi, LaShawn. Thank you for having me and Weaving Hand. Absolutely. And can you start out by introducing yourself and talking about your affiliation to The Weaving Hand? Yeah, my name is Cynthia Alberto. I am the founder or director of Weaving Hand. Uh, We're based in Brooklyn, New York. Um, You know, we're a weaving and healing center. And we celebrate a fusion of traditional and contemporary weaving techniques with our studio classes, workshop, commission, outreach programs, and exhibition. And at the same time, also embracing a lot of sustainable and ethical practices. Um, I want to just talk about a little bit about the healing arts uh, component. Uh, we use weaving as a creative tool to enhance developmental programs for adults and children with um, intellectual, emotional, and physical uh, disabilities. So we heal with the community. Mm, that's really beautiful. And I think right now with so many of the things going on in the world, whether it's dealing with COVID-19, which has affected a lot of families throughout the world, and also we've seen the, the protests that are happening throughout the world as well. Can you talk a little bit more about healing arts and, and how that has played a role in, in your life today and in your studio today? Yeah, um, the healing arts, it's always been part of the, of the studio and my own, uh, practice. It's basically we gather together, we weave nothing clinical. It's more about a weaving circle and we talk. I think when you're weaving and you're working with your hands, it's easy to talk about, you know, certain things that's holding, you're holding inside you. And at the same time, the weaving, the repetitive motion of it is very common. So it calms the mind, it calms your um, spirit, and you're in a group of people who are doing the same thing that you're doing. I did was started, uh, I started it like... um, well, the studio has been around. It's going to be 14 years this this coming September. So uh, it was founded in 2007. So we have been doing a lot of healing and weaving with the community for a while now. And the, right now with what's happening with the world, I think there's really a need for people to gather and embrace one another. It's a, a very tough time for everyone and everybody being stuck at home, you know? Mm, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think it's the same time. It's also like we, I felt like we all had a time out. Like the world is going so fast and fast. We're like on this routine, routine. And then, I mean, as bad as it is, I have, you know, communities and people that have, you know, affected uh, by the COVID, uh, but it really gave as a time to sit and just be still, you know, for the for the last three months. I mean, just I'm just talking about myself. I mean, 
I think for the first time in 15 years or 14 years since I started the studio, the first month was the first month where I actually was just sleeping all the time. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like nowhere to go. You need to take care of yourself. You need to take care of family. You need to take care of your community. And you're just on like breathing. You know, you're hearing yourself breathe. <laughs> yeah. And your studio is located in Brooklyn, New York, correct? Yeah, in Williamsburg. Um, yeah. Williamsburg. And so yeah. what has the community around you kind of been uh, like over the past month or so with the shutdown and everything happening? Um, well, I was going to the studio once a week just to check on it, but it was there was nothing much going on. People were just inside. Um, people were afraid. There was really um, a fear to be outside. But, you know, now since the beginning of June, people are beginning to open up. Some people are coming up to the, to the you know, to the door saying, are you going to reopen again or are you going to close? Because, uh, of course, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with a lot of the businesses so, but, you know, I am thankful that I think we could survive this. We'll just take it day by day to to be with one another. I mean, to be, to do something with our hands and and weave because I there's really not a lot going on out there with the jobs. And I think a lot of people are going to suffer because we're so used to, having things available all the time. So it's a switch, you know, of mm. the way we do things. Not like, oh, every we go to the store, we don't even think about it. We rub shoulders with somebody. You know, when I teach a class, you're right there. So there's definitely a new way to do things right now. And I think that's where Weaving Hand is kind of like, you know, figuring it out. Mm. And kind of going back to what you were saying before about healing arts and thinking about your studio and your practice, would you say that there may be some particular weaving styles that you use specifically when creating the environment of healing through fiber arts? Um, well, the healing, I mean, weaving is, um, you as long as you have a loom, you could weave on it you could make your makeshift loom you could make a loom out of a a cardboard box you know and basically to start weaving you don't really need the um the fancy equipment you know what i mean Mm. so but with the healing um we don't really i don't really i'm not very adamant about like this particular thing is what you need to heal it's really more about the individual person so I listen to them, and you, they tell me what they need. Oh, you know, my my uh, the studio um, figures out what it is that they want to learn. So it's not like when somebody comes to the studio, it's not like we're imposing all the time. Okay, we're we're like a it's an ongoing dialogue between us, me, the teacher, and the and the student. But yeah, within that, there are certain, you know, techniques that you need to learn how to dress the loom, certain weed structure. But with healing arts, like with my, with our community, with our, um, adults with disability, they are in control of what colors they want or what kind of weed structure they want. So they are the one creating it. They are the, the artists. 
the weavers. So in that way, healing is really a very open dialogue. Hmm. And is all of this programming a part of your weaving activation? The weaving activation is a different, um, what do you call it, programs. It's a different segment of the studio, and that kind of like overlaps to my own personal work um, as an artist. And I go to different community, and we we weave with the community. So let's say we'll go to... Um, Right now we have something that's going to be happening in um, Queens where we're going to weave with the nurses, with the Filipino nurses over there, and we're going to gather them. We, I'm going to bring my looms. I'm going to bring my, um, what do you call it, um, big um, activating looms so everybody can gather around this big loom and weave together and talk. So that's what weaving together is, gathering the community and weaving together and healing. Hmm. And I'm also um, really interested in the types of weaving and fiber equipment that you have available at your studio. I saw on your Instagram that you posted some really beautiful wooden stick shuttles and tapestry beaters as well as African combs. Can you talk about some of those tools and how they're used um, in your studio? Yeah, I, I've been, you know, do you know, uh, the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Academy of Music have this African fair every Memorial Day weekend. Mm. And yeah, yeah, Dance Africa. And I've been a big fan, you know, since we moved to Brooklyn in 97. My daughter was born in 98. Yeah, so we moved to Brooklyn in, in 97. So I've been, and BAM market, you know, started in 96. So I've been going to BAM for like so many years. So I have been collecting all these combs and I sometimes use them as a beater to beat the weft of the, of the weaving, the woven project. Mm-hmm. But they're so delicate and they're so beautiful. I mean, th- those are the combs, you know, that you, that you put on your your hair for the um like to comb your hair but they're so so like intricate and hand carved that's the beautiful thing about the the collection of weaving hand we have a lot of like tools that you know we have accumulated for the last 15 years that when we take them out there the tools are sometimes I bought I buy them or sometimes they're donated by weavers who have passed away. So the tools are really, really very, very special because let's say if I'm weaving with a certain shuttle or a certain um what I call it stick, I know that I'm continuing the work of that past weaver who gave it to us. So we're giving them life again. So instead of just being in a box, we're taking their spirit and they're removing them. And the same thing with our looms. Some of our looms are donated by old, I mean, uh, weavers that have passed away and her family, you know, um, donated to us. So when I'm, let's say I'm weaving or one of my weavers in weaving on a loom, we, we give acknowledgement whoever that loom, um, belong to and we're saying let's say Marilyn donated the loom to us we'll say thank you Marilyn we're taking care of your loom and here it is we're making a project out of it so (laughs) 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's really, that's really beautiful. And it's kind of, it it makes me think also a lot about the work that you're doing with your zero waste weaving project, where you are reusing pre-existing fabrics to make yarn or pieces that you're using in your weavings. And I'm really curious if you can talk about that project specifically. So the zero waste project, um, kind of like started when we go to different schools and we do a lot of um, recycling, weaving workshops. Um, so teaching the kids how to weave with um, recycled fabrics or like with garbage. So it's part of the, the program, making sure that they're aware of um, taking care of Mother Earth, and we usually do this around Earth Week Day, which happens in April. So a lot of weaving with plastic bags, with paper, with whatever materials they can use, and it's really good for the kids to know that, you know, we don't just have to weave with yarn, so we can recycle uh, different materials. And then it kind of kind of branched into uh, the zero-waste weaving yardage where we have a, lot, a couple of designers that um called us and say, you know, we have a lot of this fabric scraps, maybe we can make a new fabric out of them. So that kinda jump start the whole um weaving hand commission projects with zero waste and that's an ongoing thing right now where it opened up a whole um big door for us and it's um people are coming to us that are not really following, you know, your basic fashion um, what do you call it, a uh, schedule, and it's really up to them. So it's not like you need to get it done right away. They collect their fabric scraps at the end of the whatever season they have, and then they bring it to us. So it's a more organic way. We're not, like, cranking them. So th- that is um, really what I love about this whole sustainable taking care of um the environment with with the zero waste and it's it's um one of our philosophy that we really put out there yeah so weaving hand is like has many many layers so it's like we do cultural um what do you call it classes where we make sure that we give a place for all the cultural uh weavers from different uh countries that weaving started in in this country and they're still doing it and they're still using it uh weaving uh for their uh livelihood then we have like different classes that you can take classes if you want to learn um what do you call it uh, on your own we sell looms we sell a lot of like materials that can get you started and then we have programs that we go to different community and we weave with with the community as part of our reach pro outreach program and then we have the healing arch which is working with you know different um adults with disabilities and children yeah, so like weaving is really very inclusive. It has its like tentacles and everything. And it's uh, now that we are in this place that, you know, a lot of people don't have a lot of jobs. So we are really going to that place that we are open to bartering with people who can't afford, you know, to take a class. And so I'm still kind of like figuring out how that is going to pan out, you know how we're going to come in here and and 
weave together. Weaving has healed me in my own personal situations, so I always feel like it's it's for everybody, you know, and it's um, it's it's uh, the most basic thing. We make a cloth to to cover ourselves, so we should cover other people too if they can't afford it. Yeah, and I'm I'm really interested in and inspired by all of the different cultures that I see represented in the various weaving courses and classes that you produce. Can you talk specifically about some of the weaving classes that you offer? Yeah, I'm from the Philippines, so Philippines is a very rich and incredible textile tradition. So the same thing, uh, you know, all over the world, there are different textile traditions that we, you make cloth for, for, you know, from your culture. So I, I really wanted to go to that place that those are given a space and, um, a platform that they are very important to know where those, um, traditions come from. So, yeah, and so, like, we give Tibetan rug weaving uh, classes, and it's uh, a type of uh, weaving where you make rugs, and uh, this class is really very special because our teachers are, they're from Tibet, but, you know, immigrated to, to Nepal, so they're master weavers, and, and mm. it's so just am- amazing to hear their stories and their journey. So it's a way, and our Guatemalan backstrap weaving, she's also from Guatemala, immigrated from Guatemala, and also have her own story. So we all have our own story, how we came to this country. And for them, they carry the knowledge of weaving, but when you're in, um, you have to make a living in when you're here to take care of other things. You can't really continue doing what you're, you know, you're, weaving your what do you call it, what you have at home so you have to find a way so for them to teach the class is really um, very special because they're remembering how it was when they were back home right yeah yeah and can you talk about how you've collaborated with different organizations, designers, fiber artists, as well as, as you were just explaining, people from different countries with different stories that have also come to the weaving hand to produce work and to share with others. Can you talk about the various collaborative efforts? I know there's a lot, so. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I guess I mean, I'm just, you know, I mean, kind of interested in like, how you're able to attain these collaborations and how you're able to sustain the relationships that are required to have such fruitful collaborations with such a diverse array of people. Yeah. Um, it, I was actually thinking about that, you know, the last, the months that I was home and looking at pictures and organizing and I'm like, oh my gosh, we, we met so many people. We have collaborated with so many people. We have, you know, like, done a lot of stuff so i think it's the the fiber art the weaving community is quite um what do you call it um we are we everybody knows each other that's what it is so Mm. it's really a word of mouth um i wouldn't say it's small but we are very connected you know everybody kind of knows each other so 
it's through the connection from weavers, from fiber artists, from designers. Um, just one example is like um, one of our clients, we were doing zero waste uh, fabrics with them, and then they referred me to another designer. So that's how it goes. It's like kind of like a word of mouth. So here you go. This is good. We have a good relationship with them. So, and then they call, they come, and then we kind of like, you know, oh, we oh, I open the door, and if it feels right, then we go ahead with the collaboration. If it's not a right fit, I could refer you to somebody else. Yeah. Mm. And I also see that you've collaborated with some fashion brands that are in New York to that yeah. make garments. Can you talk about those? Yeah, uh, yeah, we have collaborated with Eden. It's their uh, fashion brand that they do all their manufacturing now in Africa. Um, with Ace and Jig, um, with um, Gaetano Pesci, who's um, uh, industrial designer. So um, with um, what do you call it, uh, Provencia Schuller. So, you know, it varies from, like, really high-end to different designers. So it's, they just they just call us. They're like, mm. can, you do, can you do a sample for us? Can we try this out? So, and I'm like, I'm always open. If we can do it, we'll try. If not, then we'll find another way. Yeah. So I have learned a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I have learned a lot. I mean, I remember my very first like um commission works um and it was you just do it you just learn how to make it work you create a template and right now we're working on a big project on a um for a hotel that's coming up in brooklyn hopefully by the end of the year so we're making some works for the rooms so that's very exciting that's why we're back in the studio (laughs) (laughs) we're like cranking it yeah so we're very thankful that i am very thankful and now that my children are working with me now you know i have two kids they're 16 and 21 they're both weavers oh that's amazing yeah and they're friends you know they're i'm they're all working for me, and we're doing it, and I'm very thankful that we have survived 14 years of doing weaving that we love and being with the community. So it's um, just thankful every day that I get to do what I love, yeah, and also have some money to eat with it, yeah. Mm. Absolutely, and congratulations to you for all of these really amazing projects i mean when i was looking at some of the collaborations aside from how beautiful they were i was just really impressed with the variety and and just the different businesses that you've worked with and organizations that you've worked with like it's really amazing to see how weaving can function as a business but also just the different avenues that it can take and i'm super inspired by your practice and i would you. you know say that you know you're philosophy about weaving and healing has to be a really critical part of why you're able to sustain so well because you're putting so much positivity and so much good back into the world and in the community and so yeah yeah i think yeah i mean i think when you are i mean a monetary is always like you need the money to make it happen to make things happen you need it to be but if that's not the first thing that's fueling the the system and you know that you are there for the humanity for the people 
then everything else comes naturally. That's what I have learned doing this. Yes, we need to get that big job, but I am, if we don't get the big job, it's okay. We're going to survive. Well, something else will open up. And the weaving really, you know, have helped me a lot as um, when I went through my situation. So I know that the money is not always the the leader, you know, especially now where we are, everything is kind of like up in the air, right? So we have to just make it work and we have to make sure that we all take care of each other because this is, I think, the pinnacle that I've been feeling where we have like a collective consciousness that we need to change all the history that's been imposed to us by all these people that, you know, it's a lie. <laughs> yeah. It's a lie and it's a big oppression mm-hmm. in all different levels. And here it is now. We can really rewrite the history and make it our own and not be being fed with the lies. And, you know, tell our children that it's not like that. You know, mm-hmm. that people, you know, don't need to pillage other places to take it that's what it was i mean that's always been i see it's it's a lot of pillaging and the pillaging has to stop right Mm -hmm. we have to work together and take care of one another that's that's just my take on what's going on absolutely (laughs) and you know feel free to you know if there's anything that you wanted to add or to speak on the current situation like feel free to express that yeah, I think, I really think that it's as, as really as, you know, it's sometimes so like chaotic. I'm always been like hopeful that out of the chaos, hopefully the order will come and we much needed to go to that place. I mean, just like in the environment, it was just too much. It was just like, that's what I mean also by pillage. We were like in the freaking Lorax. We just mm. keep taking and taking and taking. I mean, you go to all this supermarket and all this food were just going bad. You know, I go to places and I, my heart is just like, and it's not, I'm very thankful for all the abundance, but we have to make sure that the abundance are being, there's something left for later on, you know? Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that you were previously talking about the project that you're working on at a Brooklyn hotel, but are there any other new projects that you have coming up that you'd like to share? The as far I think what it is is the with with the studio with Weaving Hand, we are figuring out how to like start the classes and kinda reinvent like um where we are and um, we are, as you know, we are like, um, in a space where we need to make sure that, like, when we're teaching classes, that we're, have the safety precautions. And so I'm trying to figure that out. And then on my own personal work, I have a couple of museums that's hopefully gonna be happening towards the end of the, um, the year. So that's exciting. That's um, what I'm working on. So, it's, I'm always kind of now have learned how to fuse together Weaving Hand and Cynthia Alberto. <laughs> Where before, I mean, I always talk about it, it's always been Weaving Hand, Weaving Hand, because that's our, like, livelihood. But now I have learned how to balance 
to put weaving hand and my own personal work together and make it make it work amazing yeah and for people who are interested in supporting your projects and just reaching out to you and seeing more of your work where can people go on social media and the internet to follow you yeah, they can go on uh, the website of Weaving In is weavinghand.com and my own um, work is cynthialberto.com, um, Instagram at weavinghand and Instagram at cynthialbertoweaver. Awesome. So even though you've given us so many gems and jewels and inspiration, we do have one question that we ask everyone that joins a podcast. And that is, do you have any advice or words of wisdom to share with weavers and textile enthusiasts? Yeah, um, I think um, there's definitely that I'm seeing in social media a lot of, what do you call it, gathering and a lot of support with um with one another so for like the weavers we're definitely going to be we're going to start um making videos a lot of tutorial videos till we figure out how this pandemic is going to find out and i think weavers just keep weaving you know trying out new things making sure that um you're not afraid to make a mistake because with weaving there's really never a right and wrong as long as you know how to work the loom and then you can just kind of like figure out your own language and your own technique um so as that's what i that's as far as the weavers and the weaving community but as people i think we are really in a place that's very exciting right now even though it's really a little scary but i feel in my heart that we're all gonna come out of it in a in a very good way and we're going to be more aware like of other people our struggles and making sure that you know at the end love we have to love one another and we have to love the earth we have to just keep putting love yeah Mm. yeah absolutely thank you so much i really appreciate your presence on the podcast thank you yeah thank you so much for having me that's a wrap if you're interested in supporting cynthia's work or to visit her williamsburg weaving shop you can find links in the show notes at www.gistyarn.com slash episode dash 116 on next week's episode, Sarah is speaking with Stephen Hudson Meridian of Meridian Specialty Yarn Group, the makers of our Mallow and Duet yarns. So stay tuned for that fascinating episode. And until next time, happy weaving. Happy weaving.